remove any ego, any emotion before you react. Go inward. Ask yourself, why does this trigger me? Why does this upset me so much? I am hurt because they let me down in my relationship and now that we've parted, they're still letting me down. Well, that's not about them. No one can tell you how to feel. So that's on your feelings and for you to go and work out why that bothers you because when they are no longer triggering you and you've done the inner work on yourself, that would give you nothing but happiness, right? You'd be like, oh, that's so nice. The girls met someone that's going to love them, another person. That's really lovely. Um, is it going to be easy? No. I don't think that ever with a mother, you know, I imagine if my babies were introduced to another woman, would that be easy for me to have another woman parenting my children? No, but they would have someone else to love them. Hello, and welcome to Parenthood, conversations about life after kids. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, and every fortnight I will bring you discussions about the real and raw realities of parenting, life behind the Instagram filter. Join us as we laugh, cry, and bond over the organized chaos that is parenthood. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the podcast. So good to have you on with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm actually really pumped to be recording with someone else. It's been a little while, so I'm really excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, for those listening, Chris has her own podcast called Inside Out with Chris, uh, where she goes deep and has raw and vulnerable discussions about all different topics from mental health to well-being and relationships and parenting, etc. So I'm so glad that you go deep, Chris, because so do I. Uh, so I like it. I yeah. feel like this will be a good, rich discussion between the two of us. Um, and yeah, thank you for agreeing to come on and speak more specifically to your experience in having a beautiful blended family where you've got your own two beautiful children and also two lovely stepchildren as well as part of your family. So really excited to explore that um, further because I know there's lots of listeners out there who have similar experiences and, you know, it's always good to get a bit of guidance in the area. Yeah, absolutely. And I really feel passionate about exploring this topic and sharing this topic really openly and vulnerably because, it's something that's not really discussed in parenting and motherhood, right? But there, I think it, I can't remember if it's 40% or 60%. I have to scratch mm. up on my knowledge, but mm. I think it's 60% of marriages end in divorce in Australia. That's a really, really high statistic. And yeah. we're not talking about parenting through the lens of step parenting or co-parenting um, and blended families. And I think, you know, you're introducing new siblings to families as well. There's a whole, you know, different lens that we're looking through when, when we're parenting um, mm -hmm. that is in a blended family that's not being openly discussed. And I don't mm -hmm. know whether that's from the old stigma of shame um, being associated with divorce and separation. Um, I was a child of divorce, so I personally felt that that stigma growing up. Um, but as I grew into through adolescence and into adulthood, blended mm -hmm. families was so normal to me. It was mm -hmm. unnormal for my friends that were, you know, had parents still married. Mm. So that was more uncommon. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to explore this topic with you today. Mm, it's so true, isn't it? I mean, given the statistics and the rates of blended families, we should certainly be talking about it more. I want to start right from the start of your journey and and actually yeah. speaking about going deep, uh, mm -hmm. I listened to your solo podcast episode and one thing you said was one of your fears um, was that when you, before having children, before having met hubby, you mm -hmm. always worried that you potentially wouldn't have the family unit that you have today 
today. Where did that stem from? Yeah, so look, I suppose it does stem from the the imprint years are zero to seven, right? So we learn about our own beliefs, our limiting beliefs are formed between zero to seven years old, um, how we feel about ourselves in a, in a matter of self-esteem and our worthiness. It all happens in that age group, right? So that's a, that's a lot to take in for a child and it's a lot that we don't even notice or probably even understand when we're parenting our children zero to seven, how important those years are in terms of giving our children the ability to have a strong foundation in themselves, believe in themselves and believe, you know, in, in what, what they want their lives to look like. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, my parents separated when I was eight. So just after that sort of period of life. However, prior to that, look, I am really lucky when I, when I speak about this as openly as I do, I am really lucky. I grew up in a, a in a loving home with two loving parents. However, my father didn't show up in how I wanted him to show up. He couldn't. He didn't have the capacity to um, because of his own traumas and things that he was going through um, at that time. But I had a father that worked 12 to 14 hour days, came home late and cranky, woke up cranky, you know, weekends was dad had to sleep in or we, you know, revolved around dad getting the best relaxing weekend or 24 hour period. So we were often pulled away from him so that he could have time on his own sort of thing. And with that came a big disconnection in my relationship with him. Um, and it also formed the belief that I am not lovable. And that's a big, big statement mm. to feel as a child. I didn't know that's what I felt until I've done mm. a lot of inner work over the last mm. couple of years, but it is what it left me to feel. Now, when my parents separated, my father he left on the back of his motorbike and he left for 12 months and he didn't come Mm. back. So in that 12 months that, you know, that really big emotional time for me as a kid Mm. going through separation, going through and navigating my own feelings. Um, I had a younger brother as well. And my mom going through all the things that she was going through and then having a single parent working three jobs, Mm. providing, Mm. being the emotional, physical support, financial support, all these things that he Mm. wasn't, you know, um, putting in for, um, it really, it it impacted me and it formed this belief that I am unlovable. If my own father can't see me as good Mm. enough or no one else Mm. is going to see me as good enough. Right. So Mm. that's where that I believe did stem from. I didn't understand it, but, Mm. um, at the time, but even, you know, in young adolescence years when 13, 14, I openly said to my auntie once, I remember it really clearly. I openly said to her, I'm confident that my what what whoever I marry will end in divorce. I'll be I'll be mm. I'll be single with kids. And she's like, "Why yeah. would you even say that?" Mm. I'm like, "I'm just confident that that's going to happen to me because I'm never going to mm. find someone that's going to love me as I oh, should, yeah. as I want to be loved." Mm. So, yeah, I I had these formed beliefs um mm. that I believe were impacted from those really really young years where um, whilst mum did everything she could to possibly mm. provide emotionally, some things mm. you you can't um, you can't fake or you can't really act on someone else's behalf and protect mm. protect your babies from those sorts of things. Yeah, it's yeah. a subconscious mind just sort of coming through. Mm. How did that translate in the relationships that you had prior to meeting hubby? I think it translated massively because I didn't have relationships. Um, I wanted desperately to be loved, but I yeah. put on a facade that I'm, I won't let you get too close because that's not what I want. 
And yep. that was my, that was the, the facade that I had on my face and what, how I spoke. Mm. However, that's not what I really wanted. All I wanted yeah. to be was, fi- you know, find love and find mm. happiness and find what everyone else had. Mm. But because I put on this big shield of protection, no mm. one would come near me. Um, mm. And I suppose that that's how I fell in love with my husband is because he, so he already was a father, which we were going to get into, I think, in the next mm. couple of questions. But mm. he already was a father, and I had already seen him around his children, and I knew the kind of man that he was and the father that he was. And for me, I was like, that is just so attractive to me mm. because I didn't have that. And seeing that that's possible in a man, I was like, mm. wow, you know. You dropped your guard mm, for abso- him. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Isn't that incredible? So what was it like those first few months of dating and, and seeing him be father and seeing him with you? What what was that like? It was an interesting dynamic shift. So we'd worked together for a couple of years before we developed out, you know, were friends and then it went further than friends. And so it was a different relationship dynamic because we were almost like best mates for a really long time. We were super close and he was, you know, that I I always had um, male best friends growing up as well. So I was kind of that knockabout girl that, you know, the, I can talk to any guy about any sort of thing and, mm. you know, no questions sort of thing. Um, and, yeah, it was just like that. It was like I found had my best friend but also I found someone that loved me completely for me. Mm. So that was really beautiful. And that's really how we blossomed because he gave me the the love and affection and attention that I'd never felt before. Mm. Yeah. Was there a pivotal moment where that friendship, you just went, you know what, this is so much more than a friendship now. I could really see this guy being the one for me. I'll be honest. No, mm. yeah. not, not for okay. me. Well, yeah, yes and no, because mm. he told me that he was in love with me. Oh, and wow. I had no idea. Wow. Oh, yeah. I got goosebumps. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you'd known each other at that point for a number of years? Yeah. Sort of, yeah. 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 Just socially oh. and at, at work sort of thing. Did you, were you ever concerned about how his children were going to fit into your life? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. I think that it was, um, it's a tricky dynamic introducing children to a step parent mm. and um, we're nine years apart. So there was also the, a bit of an age gap as well. Yeah. Um, so I was, I think, 21 or 22, I think, mm. when we started. And so that's, mm. you know, quite young considering yeah. to take on a couple of kids. Yeah. Um, but look, I think that the children already knew who I was from work, sort of thing. So they knew my name. Okay. And, you know, and it was really, beautiful bond that formed pretty early on. Mm, so you were already known to them. So there wasn't that mm. awkward, oh, hey, meet mm. my partner kind of vibe. Yeah. Were they were they comfortable knowing that, you know, that you're going to be such a big part of your dad's life, of their dad's life? Were I, they more resistant? Or? Yeah. No, yeah. no, they both okay. were really beautiful. It was, it was quite seamless, to be honest. Really? Girls. Yeah. 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 What guidance would you give to those who perhaps haven't been as fortunate as you in yeah. knowing, um, you know, their partner's children? How would you suggest they approach those first interactions? Look, I think with full compassion and kindness and uh, respecting the child's boundaries and reminding yourself that while you want them to like you and that's your ego talking, you want to be liked, mm-hmm. respect your place um, and your part in their world right now. You're a new person and it's going to take some time. They're a child going to take mm-hmm. some time to warm up to you and to get to know you and don't force that on them. Um, mm. Really, I think one of the biggest things for me when I was a child of divorce and meeting my dad's new partners, um, for me, 
I had a couple of them often remind me that they were his priority and that I came second. So something I would really encourage is make sure that you are prioritizing giving the child or children time with their dad without you. See, have them see you leave them and say, I'm Mm going to be back in a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. You guys go and have some time together or drop them off somewhere Mm -hmm. so they know that you're not encroaching on their time with their dad. Do things together for sure, absolutely, Mm -hmm. but also give them back that time with their dad Mm -hmm. um, or their their mum or whatever. Just make sure that, um, yeah, you're encouraging that and you're respecting Mm -hmm. their boundaries because, you know, later we will talk about respecting your boundaries as you move in with you know other children and things like that but yeah I think in those first couple of first couple of meetings and things really just Mm. honor those kids and and show up for them how they need this isn't about you and this is not about your partner this is about Mm. them and making them feel comfortable Mm. yeah it's so true isn't it just makes so much sense just hearing you say it so at what point then do you did the dynamic start shifting from you being, you know, more of a friend kind of, you know, person that rocked up and was just mm-hmm. a bit of fun to you then taking on more of a parenting role? And yeah. does everyone, should everyone be taking on that much of a parenting role? Like how do you yeah. juggle that dynamic? I think for me, I made a decision very early on that I didn't want to be, whether I was going to be a wife or a partner or whatever in the future, I didn't just want to be dad's partner. I wanted to be stepmom. And that's a big decision that someone needs to make, but you need to make that before you even introduce yourself to the children. Do I want to be a step parent, which means you have the role and responsibility as a a mother in the home. Um, however, even though I'm not, and I respect that, but even though I'm not, I take on that role very seriously. Mm. Or do you want to be dad's partner where mm. dad makes all the decisions, which is fine because everybody's different, but dad makes mm. all the decisions and, and the repercussions and things like that and the boundaries mm. in the house. And you are dad's partner where they can come to you and you'll be really good friends and you'll always still be there as, you know, someone that lives with them, but you're not actively parenting that child. You're leaving that up to just mom and dad to do. I think that's a big decision that someone needs to make before you go and just, you know, start acting as a step parent and then go, oh, this isn't for me. I'm going to pull back. Mm. Or no, I'm going to pull forward, back, forward, back, forward sort of thing. And that's, you can't do that to a child. Mm. That's what's going to mess them up. That's what's going to make them feel unaligned with you and like they can't trust you Mm. um, because you can't just be dipping your toes in and out whenever you you feel like it's working or when it gets too hard. Mm, and that's obviously a, a conversation you'll have with your partner too mm. prior sort of I mean how did that look like for you for me we moved in together um pretty quickly after I was introduced to the kids so a few mm. months after and when we moved in together we went and got a house that had enough bedrooms for everyone and you know the house was a big family home that was the whole reason if we wanted if I didn't want to create a family atmosphere and environment for the kids, um, I would have gone and, you know, got an apartment on the beach. That was sort of the discussion that we had. And I said, no, Mm. we're doing this to create, you know, we're building a family and a life together and this is what Mm. I want. Um, And also by taking action with the kids and showing my partner, you know, I... I'm going to be their stepmother. You know, we're going to get married. We're going to have children of their own. I want them to Mm. know that I'm here for them. Mm. Um, Whilst I'm not their mother... I'm here for them equally with you when they're in our home. Mm. So how was that received by the children? Really well, really, really well. Um, Mm. They've always been really great in terms of um, respecting me as their parent. Mm. They're a little bit older now, so we're four years, five years down the track, and they are that little bit older and they're going into like pre-teens, which Mm. is 
killing me at the moment <laughs> because there's lots of, you know, different emotions coming up and things. But yeah. overall, they're beautiful little girls that have a lot of respect for me. I do a lot for them and they see that. Um, and they are very grateful for that, um, mm. you know, with the way that our household works and my hubby working the long hours that he does and me being, I'm working as well, but I'm also taking the role of, you know, the school drop-offs and all of that and the stay-at-home mm. mum plus the work that I'm doing. Mm. Um, it's me that's doing the running around, the day-to-day mm. sort of stuff, the sports and, and you know, the um, pickups from school. And if they're sick, they I get the call, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. they're very um, receptive of me being their step-parent. Mm. Um you know, sometimes I think it's it can get tricky with the girls when, you know, they, they're getting into trouble and things. And if you get into trouble as a kid, lately they've been saying, I want to go to mum's. And it's like, mm. you're, you've done the wrong thing. You can't just pull that card out when you've done something yeah. naughty. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. This is your mm. home and you're here and you're getting punished. And, yeah. And I often pull the card back. Well, mm. I'll ring your mum and I'll tell her what you did and she can decide what, what the punishment is sort of thing. Mm. So... Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's interesting, isn't it? Because how old were the kids when you moved in together? Um, five and six. Okay. So so kind of young enough to sit there going, okay, this is what's happening. Because you sort of start thinking if they're teenage years, that's when you think the resistance may come into play a bit more. It's like, no, mate, you're not telling me what to do. Like I've been in this house this whole time without you. Don't you be coming in here and telling me I can't have my phone because I did something wrong, you know? Totally. And so like, how do you, what would you recommend in those situations for those people? Oh, look, protect your boundaries, honor mm. your space, communicate clearly. Um, um, the thing about having blended families is there's two homes and there's two mm. sets of rules. There's, mm. you know, two different people or four different people, whatever that looks like for you, um, running the parenting gig mm. for these kids. And whilst a lot of things do have to be quite similar, a lot of things aren't going to be the same because you, you're you co-parenting often with people that don't have the same values as you or don't have the same lifestyle goals or, you know, they don't want the same things for themselves as you do for your future. So that's Mm. never going to look identical and that's not Mm. to throw any judgment or shame towards Mm. anyone. That's just to say that two households are never going to be identical Mm. Um, and you really do sometimes need to create boundaries in your own house and go, well, things might be different there, but Mm. here, this is is how this looks and this is how Mm. this is going to be. Mm. And that might be frustrating for you. Mm. But if, you know, you you have a happy, healthy home, you have two of happy, healthy homes. So if they look a little bit different, that's okay. But I need you to respect my rules and my boundaries here, if that mm. makes sense. That's probably it does. What I encourage, yeah. Yeah. So if I come up with an example, I've got a teenager, when I'm at mum's place, I can get home from the party at whatever time I want. When I'm at dad's place with the stepmom, they're saying I have to be home by 11 p.m., which mm-hmm. is rubbish. Like, what the hell? You can't tell me what to do. Yeah. So how are you approaching something like that? I'm putting you on the spot here. No, no. That's, look, it, for me, how I, and I imagine that that's a, a future example of yeah. my life. Um, but look, it's respect and, and boundaries again. It's like, well, that's fine. It's That's not okay here. You know, you've got two younger siblings here. You've, you know, we've, we do things differently. Um, you want to do X, Y, Z here and you want to do X, Y, Z there. Well, you do need to be home at 11 o'clock. I'm sorry, mm. but that's my rules. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, I, I don't know that that will ever come up for me, but I, have, yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine how I feel when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So do you notice a difference in the children? Do they need a little bit of, you know, a couple of hours or a day to sort of settle back in when they have been at the other household and vice yeah. versa? Yeah, the, I think they definitely do. Um, I think it's about a 24-hour period. You know, it's, it'd be like, can you imagine having two workplaces that mm. you go between week on, mm. week off and two mm. separate bosses that do things a little bit differently in each? Mm. Wearing those two hats as an adult would be really tough. So as a child, not understanding and having that emotional intelligence like an adult does or being Mm. as self-aware, then, you know, switching hat week to week, it would get a little confusing. And, Mm. you know, the emotional response to that sometimes is really difficult, um, mm-hmm. a lot of resistance, yeah. but there's a 24-hour period where I just go, you know what, whatever they're feeling, I'm going to be here, whatever comes mm-hmm. up, I'm going to be here. And I know that it also happens back at their mums too. So it's mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's just the switching of the hats, mm-hmm. you know, resetting back to a different family dynamic. Um, and I think if you give them that space to feel what they want to feel, mm-hmm. um, it's not all the time, but I think, yeah, just giving them the space to breathe and let them reset themselves into your layout of your home and your environment, then things settle down a little bit quicker. But if you're on top mm. of them, you're rousing mm. on them or you're saying, you know, your bag doesn't go there after school and it's Friday, the changeover or whatever, and it's like, yeah. oh, far out, they've been putting their bag there for seven days. Like don't, mm. don't yeah. sweat the small stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. They'll naturally go back into the habits of the home over a couple mm. of days and, yeah, and by the following week they're doing all the things, you know, that they yeah. always do that where they know how to put things and stuff like that. So what does the transition like look like for you? Do you is it one week at your place, one yep. week off? Okay, yep. so. Yeah, so we've got week on, week off. And what was that like navigating? I mean, there's obviously that added layer of obviously you've got to deal with, you know, the other the, the ex-partner, their household, their, you know, boundaries, their insecurities around, hold on, someone's new someone new now is going to be looking after my children or maybe not even new, but someone I don't like is, you know, you know, there's always lots of layers of complexity in these situations Mm. between the adults. So, I mean, what has that transition like been like for you? I think, um, really focusing on navigating things respectfully, Mm. um, removing emotions is a big one. I've got a friend who was going Mm. through a bit of a separation and, Mm. um, she had a new partner introduced to the kids. Mm. Now the deal was that they would have, um, the the mutual respect of you'll let the other parent know when you've got a new partner and we'll have a talk Mm. and you can introduce them like based on we're both okay with it, but he didn't. He Mm. got the new partner and introduced um, that person as his new partner to the children. Mm. And then they came home from dad's really, you know, excited. Daddy's got Mm. a new girlfriend, rah, rah, rah. Mm. Now that fueled her ego and I was with her and she Mm. was so angry and she's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call him and go off at him and blast. You know, it's Mm. not right. It's not okay. And I'm like, but did it, look at the girls. They've come in and they're happy. Yeah. Yeah. He Fucked you over and he loved mm. it to you. He done mm. the he done the wrong thing by you, but he's not your person anymore. Mm. So he's clearly not worried about what you're going to do. So that gives you the right to make your choices based on whatever you want without having the concern of how that's going to impact his life. Mm. The girls are happy. Don't worry about anyone else. Remove your ego. Do not react or respond because mm. there is a chance that that person was doing that for a reaction. Mm. It's unnecessary. You're moving yeah. forward. You're growing and expanding. You are not focusing on this relationship anymore because it is done. So yeah. their choices for themselves 
And their yeah. girls, when they are with that person, mm. sorry, when they're with their dad, mm. is all it's about them. And the girls yeah. are happy. You're happy. Mm. Are, are you in the right to perhaps feel that that hurt your feelings? Sure. But that's none of his business. Yeah. Your feelings so are no longer his business. So really yeah. remove any ego, any emotion before you mm. react. Yeah. Go inward. Ask yourself, why does this trigger me? Why does this upset me so much? I am mm. hurt because they let me down in my relationship. And now that we've parted, they're still letting me down. Mm. Well, that's not about them. No one can tell you how to feel. So mm. that's on your feelings. And for you to go and work out why that bothers you until you're at a space in your life where that no longer does bother you. Mm. Because when it no longer, when they are no longer triggering you and you've done the inner work on yourself, that would give you nothing but happiness, right? You'd be like, yeah. oh, that's so nice. The girls met someone that's going to love them, another person. That's really lovely. Mm. Um, is it going to be easy? No. I don't mm. think that ever with a mother, you know, I imagine if my babies were introduced to another woman, would that yeah. be easy for me to have another woman parenting my children? No. 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 But they would have someone else to love them. Mm, that's a great way of thinking about it, isn't it? Yeah. What are the things that you, the tools that you pull out of your toolkit when you're noticing ego um, rearing its ugly head, um, mm-hmm. particularly in these situations? Maybe you have had a bit of a disagreement with, you know, the person that you're co-parenting with. Like, what do you pull out? What do you do? Uh, mindfulness practices for me are a big one, you know, journaling, working out my triggers, um, meditating, taking a few moments for breath before I assess how I feel. Um, I think Mm -hmm. it's really important to not react and just, again, as I just said, reiterating that, why, Mm -hmm. why is this triggering me? Why does this upset me? Because no one can tell you how to feel and Mm -hmm. no one else makes you feel anything. They're your feelings. So owning that, and that's Mm -hmm. taken a lot of work to get to that point. Don't get me wrong. We all have, you know, made mistakes and said things we didn't want to say or reacted mm. in ways that we, where we didn't handle ourselves appropriately. I don't think that any blended family have always done things perfectly. Mm. But I think the best thing that you can do for you is honour your truth, honour what you want, and really just focus on the children. It's not mm. about you. It's not about how you feel. It's not about anyone else. It's about the children. Yeah. Whether they're yours yeah. or somebody else's. Just always revert back to that. Mm, it's Does- interesting you you say that as well because I'm obviously given your past and having a father who just like took off for a, let's call it a year at that point in your mm-hmm. life. I think that would probably resonate so much more with you. I.e., focus on the children because I'm sure there was a like that feeling of absence that you felt when you're a child. You probably never want your children to ever feel that way. Do you think it sort of hits home given? your past as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. The whole reason that I step parent the way that I do and the way that I have integrated as a blend of family with these kids is because I refuse to allow them to feel how I felt. Mm. Um, And I have done everything in my power to ensure they'll never feel that way. And we have a really beautiful bond and a really beautiful relationship because of that. Mm. Is it easy all the time? Absolutely not. Um, but it doesn't change the bond whatsoever. There's no shift there for me. There never will be. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to also know that if you become a step-parent, your love can't be conditional. Mm -hmm. You cannot come with terms of contract when you choose to show up and love those those children as, Mm -hmm. as a part of your family. 
I think a lot of women really struggle with loving them as their own. It's something that I haven't struggled with, mm. but I know a lot of other stepmothers that really think how, you know, I look at, I love my, my child so much more. And that's mm. hard for me because I don't feel that way. Um, mm. I feel like we're all one. And I've done a lot to make sure the girls know that. Mm. Um, But I think, yeah, you can't go into a blended family um, or integrating your children, someone else's children, loving with conditions. It just Mm. doesn't work that way. Was it an innate feeling that you had with your stepchildren that you just were like, they're mine now, I'm as in, you know, when they're in our household, I, you know, they're my children in this household and, or was it something that you had to work towards, you know, I, 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 it sounds as though it was more innate for you. It just was a natural, yeah. yeah. I've always been really, really maternal, um, Mm. and always been someone that could sit with kids and, and, you know, do homework with them and stuff like that. And Mm. it's so for me, it was really natural with them Mm. and that relationship and closeness. Um, and I liked, wanted to see them happy all the time. So I did Mm. things that would make them happy and, you know, I was always there for them, even when they had big feelings and emotions. And, you know, even on the nights where they've missed mummy, I, you know, explained mm-hmm. to them, I know that you can't see mummy right now, but how about a Chrissy cuddle? They call me Chrissy. No one in my life calls me Chrissy but them. Um, <laughs> like, literally, that's not my name. No one ever uses that. It gives me shivers when other people say it. But when, but the girls call me Chrissy and, mm. you know, I can, I show up how, how they need me to in those moments because I can mm. handle those emotions and I am the adult and mm. I give them that big long cuddle and I'll lay with them and tickle their backs to sleep if that's what they need. I'll do whatever mm. they need me to do to show mm. up as the parent they deserve to have in that moment because it's not their fault that they they have two homes. Um, mm. So really reminding yourself how can I show up as the parent they need? This isn't about me. When kids are having meltdowns, when kids are having big feelings, and if they and if you have children of your own already, you know those big feelings exist and what you have to do to show up for that child. But you're when you have stepchildren, you're you also have to show them that you're there for them wholeheartedly mm. and not with conditions. Mm. Because your child knows you're there, knows that there's no conditions. They just feel that, they know that. But when you've yeah. got a stepchild, they might need that that comforting reminder from you. Mm. So I think that's really important too. And to those that don't, didn't have that sort of natural feeling, I mean, as you said, a lot of people do struggle uh, with, okay, so I've got to now take on these two children. I've already got three of my own. Okay, we'll make this work. But yeah, I do feel differently between, you know, the the two sets of children. What are the things you think you could say to those parents to sort of get over that hurdle? I think really communicating with your partner, that's how you feel and don't Mm. fake that and don't um, put on a facade for any amount of time. Be really honest with the this is overwhelming and Mm. my heart was full with my three kids and now I'm opening my heart to these more children but I want Mm. you to know that you know this is going to be a lot for me and it's going Mm. to take some time for me to feel comfortable in my own home with extra kids Mm. because I know that's something for a lot of stepmamas they feel it's like I'm opening my home to more children I'm like I don't have this well not me but them they feel like they don't have any room yeah um and spending one-on-one time with them, like, mm. you know, swap. Dad takes his stepkids, you take yeah. your stepkids, and you go do things together and bond and create that that confidence in each other, that trust mm. I think is really important. Mm. Um, and you don't ever want to feel like you're walking on eggshells in your own home. So if you are yeah. feeling that way, communicate it to your husband because they don't they can't read your mind. Yeah. You know, if you're just cooking dinner and doing all, doing the bathing and doing, mm. you know, the parenting routine whilst feeling resentful, mm. 
you can't show up for them how they need you to. So Mm. have a talk with your partner and work out how you guys can work on that together. Mm, So true. How did uh, the discussion around you guys having your own children sort of come about and how did that then change the dynamics in the household? Um, look, when we found out that we were pregnant, so we got engaged and two weeks later found out that we were pregnant. So no way. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the problem was that I booked and paid for my entire wedding in that two weeks. Oh my Because God. I was so excited. My dress, everything, everything was done. So I had my son, um, December 22nd yeah. in 2019 and we were married in, no, 2018, sorry. And then we were married in May, on May 4th, 2019. So a short 16 weeks after I had him. So the pregnancy was also the wedding. So it was kind of Mm. like that entire time. It was this big season of life for us. And it was Mm. a lot of excitement around it. Mm. There really was so much excitement. There was Mm. a few things pop up with, you're going to love the baby more than us. You're Mm. not going to want to be with us anymore. Um, things like that. But I handled that the best way that I could and I just reminded Mm. them how much I love them and that nothing's going to change. We didn't, we tried not to make any decisions without them with us. So like on Mm. the nursery, on buying the pram, Mm. anything that excited them, we Mm. we made sure that they were inclusive, Um, choosing the baby name. We sort of like would chat about that in the car all the time all together. So, yeah, we just tried to keep a really open dialogue during that time with the girls so that they could feel completely welcomed into that conversation and that family dynamic. That's so lovely. So it's all been relatively kind of cohesive um, Mm. as far as how the the children have been. Mm. What, so let's talk about some of the learnings from this. So, I mean, I guess if we were to come full circle from where we started, I mean, one of your greatest fears was, oh, will I ever have that family unit? Mm. And now you have four beautiful children Mm. and a husband too. I mean, if thinking back to that girl um, all the way back then, what would you say to her to sort of reassure her today? Oh, that's a big question. Um, (laughs) It is really big. I think that everything's going to be okay and you have to trust the process. Mm. It's okay to fall in love. It's okay to be who you are. Mm. Don't lose sight of what you want and, you know, don't let anyone tell you that you can't have your fire because mm. your fire is everything. Your fire will be the reason someone falls in love with you. So don't let that dim for anyone. Mm. What I, lo- I love that. And what I love is that it, you've kind of gone from one sort of one person, like um, sort of polar opposites in initially you were resistant to letting people know who you were. You didn't want to let anyone in. You're very protective and stay away and I don't want to get hurt and I don't want to be abandoned. And then now it's, mother nature. I've got four children. I've just, they're my children. You know, I'm so open and loving. And so is that just all the work that you've done over the, over time to change that? Yeah. And I think that when I became a stepmom to the girls, Mm. I really saw so many qualities in them that I I had as a child too. And I recognized Mm. so many of my, my behavioral patterns and why I do the things I do and why I say the things I say. I never wanted them to not believe in themselves. I don't Mm. want them to grow up thinking they're not good enough and not Mm. lovable and, you know, that they're segregated from anyone or anything in in their hopes and dreams ever. I don't Mm. want them to feel that way. And I've felt those feelings came up for me when I first moved in with them. So I started Mm. making choices and creating 
sustainable lifestyle habits for myself, introducing mindfulness to my daily practices and things because I wanted them to find that in life. You know, listening to meditations or there's Mm. um, like meditation stories for kids. Mm. Um, They were really consistent with them for a while. They've dropped out of it now. They're a little bit older, but we used to, Mm. they used to put that on every single night just to, you know, let go of the day and, we have a cabin about 40 Ks, 50 Ks out of Newcastle and it's mm-hmm. 100 metres from the beach and we'll go down just for Chrissy and girl time. So we just go mm-hmm. down on our own without my husband mm-hmm. and the babies of a night because mm-hmm. the sky opens up with all the stars and we mm-hmm. put our feet in the water and I say, what can I want you to close your eyes and we all stand there holding hands and we talk about what can we let go of from today and the wave comes up and then washes it away. And, you know, we do mm. active mindfulness practices for them to be aware of their feelings and to mm. sit with their emotions and whatever that looks like for them at whatever time. Um, mm. And I've, I think that I did that through them for myself and that's really yeah. helped heal that little version of me. Mm. Um yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's almost like motherhood through the journey of motherhood. You've sort of come full circle and mm. really sort of opened yourself up to the world. Absolutely. So my final question that I do ask all guests is how has motherhood changed you as a person? And it sounds as though you've sort of alluded to that, but if you were to sort of summarize, what comes to mind? I think motherhood's shifted me in a million different ways. Um, but to, and I'm, st- I'm always growing, I'm always expanding and learning about myself, but for me to be able to show up al- authentically as me, mm. um, to really step into my power and honor what I want and my future self, I show up for her every day. Mm. Um, I think in the past, I was so scared of being hurt mm. and being let down that I didn't protect my energy. Um, I, was in toxic friendships, toxic relationships. I didn't look after myself at all. And motherhood has showed me that, well, it's not about me anymore. I have to show up for them and I want my kids to become a certain version of them. And that's powerful and empowered and Mm. um, honest and, Mm. you know, not afraid of anything. So Mm. if I want them to do that, then I've got to do that. Yeah. yeah. So I've got to, I've got to do the work to heal my heart and the things that have hurt me and my traumas and my mistakes. And mm. yeah, you do need to show up for them, but somewhere along the way you start showing up for yourself too. Mm, I love that. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the podcast. So I know for me, this podcast came about because I thought motherhood was a bit of a shit show when I first became a mother. And yeah. it certainly was not what I expected it to be. And so I thought, let yeah. me just have chats with other people and figure out, is this like normal what I'm going through? And then Parenthood Pod was born. Mm. Um, the work that you do with your podcast, Inside Out, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that and also help people can find out more about you. Yeah. So Inside Out came about after I had my son, Jesse, so three years ago, and it took me a little bit of time to have the courage and bravery, I suppose, to show up and want to do it and actually Mm. commit and be confident enough to put myself out there to the world. Mm. Um, I sat on it for about 18 months until I did something about it. And I launched it just as I was having Lola. So a couple of months, I think I was eight months pregnant when I put it out there to the world. Wow, (laughs) girl. I know, I know. Um, So a bit of pressure, but it was a good distraction when I had Lola. And my whole purpose around it was I just want to support women. I want them to know that there's there's better out there if you're if you're feeling alone and you're not alone. I don't want anyone to feel like this journey of motherhood 
someone else isn't going through the same thing or feeling the same feelings. Um, and motherhood and mental health have been two purpose-driven parts of the podcast, I think, because I, when I was younger, had depression and as an adult, I developed anxiety. I think I probably had anxiety when I was younger, but I didn't understand that that's what it was. Um, and you know, I am a natural, well, not natural, but, um, Mm -hmm. a conditioned people pleaser. Mm -hmm. So, me saying yes when I want to say no. And that's something that I only learned through the work that I've done with my healing journey over the last few years. So sharing what I know, sharing my experiences have supported so many women on their healing journey themselves. So, you know, that was the whole point around the podcast. It's like, I have this knowledge. I have these experiences. Mm. I'm confident they can help someone else. If I just help one person per episode, my job is done. That is all I care about. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, I love it. It's a very similar sort of purpose-driven mission as myself. Mm -hmm. So... Obviously, people can find you on Spotify, yep. Apple Podcasts, Apple about and Instagram. Yeah, Instagram is just at Inside Out with Chris yep. um, and Apple and Spotify are the same, Inside Out with Chris. And, I've, yeah, got lots perfect. of episodes there for people to go through. Yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. I'll add all of those in the episode notes too. Chris, Amazing. thank you so much for your time today, for your honesty, your vulnerability. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've loved chatting. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and give us five stars if you're feeling fancy. Want to be part of the Parenthood community? Join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Parenthood Pod. Now I'll let you get back to the organized chaos. Until next time.